if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning. Please push that button. Seven minutes after the hour of time, nine o'clock, as we get started on this Friday, the 23rd morning of the 10th month of the year of our Lord 2020. Appreciate you being with us. Wow. That's how we're getting rolling this morning. And uh, that's how we ended last night. My goodness gracious. We ended with a meltdown. A meltdown from uh, the Democratic candidate for president of the United States. Joe Biden did exactly what Hugh Hewitt described on Twitter last night and on his program this morning. I was I was taken all morning long listening to Hugh's analysis of the debate. And Joe Biden just got weaker and weaker and weaker and wilted even further and further and further the deeper into the night that that debate went. As Hugh asked this morning. Can you imagine if it was a two-hour debate? Joe Biden might not have been standing at the end of it. He might not have been able to maintain verticality uh, by the end of it. That man has absolutely no business trying to find the energy and the mental capacity to run the largest economy in the world and the world leader in terms of just about everything uh, on the planet Earth. The United States of America cannot be run by that man. That is one thing that I think we can really all say definitively after listening to him and watching him wilt last night. Um, the man cannot be pressed. He cannot be pressed, and he cannot be expected to conduct multiple schools, or not schools, trains of thought at the same time without just absolutely blowing a gasket uh, and either losing his temper or losing his ability to focus. It was an incredible sight to see. And we do begin our program today. We have two great guests, and it's a treat for you if you are not a normal, <laughs> excuse me, Tuesday listener. You don't get to hear Peter uh, Kirshenau very often. If you are not a Monday listener, then you do not get to hear Jim Jordan very often. Today, because of my illness, and I was out early in the week, uh, we were not able to talk to Peter or Jim Jordan. Uh, I was success- successful and. uh uh, negotiating today as a replacement time with both of them. So coming up in about a half an hour, Peter Kirstenau will give us his thoughts on the debate last night. And then at 1035 this morning, Congressman Jordan will be by with his thoughts on what we witnessed last night as well. 
That gives you not a ton of time. If I were you, I would dial right now and give me your thoughts on the debate last night. 216 You're going to have to do this in the first half hour primarily. 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. I want to know what you thought of the second slash third and final debate last night. I'm going to give you a couple of thoughts to, to lead you off. All right? Because I offered some thoughts last night on Facebook, and I met some resistance from of my fellow Trump supporters who just wanted to cheerlead their way through the entire night, and President Trump was killing it, and uh, uh, Kristen Welker was surprisingly fair, and this is a great night, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I didn't see it all that way. I didn't. I thought President Trump did a fine job. I think he did way better than he did in the first debate, the, the interruption debate. Um, but that's about as far as I'll go. The president doing a fine job and the president doing an outstanding job, which is what I think many of us were looking for, are a little bit different. I think there was a lot of meat left on the bone. Uh, when, and I guess part of this is just because I, I pretty much conducted the debate on the president's behalf from my couch. Um, Every time Joe Biden said something that was an extraordinary lie, I made a mental note of it and said, he better talk about that. And then he would say another one, I would make a note of it, and then he better talk about that. And then when the president would get a chance to respond, and he didn't call out many of those lies, I was calling them out for him. I was debating Joe Biden from my seat, and I got frustrated that the president wasn't using some of those tools in his belt. But the real frustration that I had was with the format of the debate itself. And I was very, very disappointed to see some of my fellow Trump-supporting conservatives online praising Kristen Welker as being fair and doing a fine job. Kristen Welker was horrible. Kristen Welker was horrible. Now, not in the way that Chris Wallace was horrible, And not in the way that you might think as far as her conduct during the debate. But Kristen Welker is a liberal NBC News hack. Like every other hack at NBC News, she might as well have been Savannah Guthrie or Chuck Todd or anybody else at at, at NBC News. And it wasn't her conduct during the debate. As I was saying to a conservative friend last night who thought that she was great, um... I'm talking about her planned and executed anti-Trump strategy for the debate. What I mean is, if you think President Trump did a great job, and again, I thought he did a very solid job, enough to win the debate, per se. Now, enough to change enough undecided voters' minds and, and bring them to his camp? I don't know. But it could have been had he not been fighting the moderator and his opponent, Joe Biden. And again, I don't mean fighting in necessarily the, the context of the questions and answers. Although she did interrupt him far, far, far more often than she interrupted Joe Biden. There, there, that was clear. It was two-on-one in that sense. But I'm talking about the planned and executed strategy with the questions that she asked. The fact, first of all, that her questions were not only not foreign policy directed, 90% of them, as the third debate has traditionally been, but the questions she did ask 
constantly had Joe Biden on the offensive and President Trump on the defensive. Let me give you a couple of examples. And by the way, Chris Wallace said that very thing last night in analysis on Fox after the debate. Chris Wallace was asked about how, you know, Kristen Welker did. And the one thing that he did say was the questions she asked did have uh, President Trump on the defensive. It was a little unfair. And that's what I was trying to explain to my friends on Facebook last night. When, you, when they wanted to praise Chris, Christian, uh, Kristen Welker because she didn't you know, aggressively attack the president. It's like, ooh, the bar is set so low sometimes. When the bar is set so low, when the expectations are so small, it's very easy to, to clear that hurdle. It's very easy to say, oh, yeah, wow, she didn't, she didn't you know, yell at Donald Trump. Uh, therefore, she did a good job as a moderator. No, 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 no. That is not the job of the moderator. The job of the moderator isn't just to be invisible during the debate itself. The job of the moderator is to present probing questions that are fair to both candidates. Let me give you an example. When Kristen, well, Kristen Welker asked the question about immigration, my ears pricked up. She said, we're going to talk about immigration next. I thought, okay. We're going to talk about the cost of illegal immigration in this country. The billions and billions of dollars per year that the American taxpayer has to, has to pay uh, because of illegal immigration? No. We're going to talk about crime then. We're going to talk about the thousands and thousands and thousands of criminal aliens who are victimizing American citizens when they have, don't even have the right to be here, right? No. Oh, well, then we're going to talk about jobs. We're going to talk about the millions of jobs that are held by illegal aliens in this country every year that could go to American workers. That's what we'll talk about, right? No. Kristen Welker's question on immigration is about, what about those 500 kids who can't find their parents because of your cruel separation policy, President Trump? What? That's the question on immigration? 500 illegal alien kids? who were, quote, separated from their parents and now can't find their parents, that's what we're going to discuss in a debate? That's the type of questioning I'm talking about when I'm talking about what a pathetic job that the moderator did. That was clearly a setup to embarrass and put President Trump on the defensive over the stupid child separation policy. Number one, it's a ridiculous question. Number two, it's a ridiculous issue. Because Lord only knows how many kids actually weren't even brought to this country with their parents. They were brought through coyotes who get paid big money to bring kids to this country. And then oftentimes in order to collect that money, they use them and they sell them into into, uh, sex slavery. Human trafficking. I mean, this is not a, they tried to turn this into a, let's go back and revisit Trump's family separation policy. That's how she wanted to talk about immigration. President Trump, by the way, handled it well, reminding everybody that those quote-unquote cages everybody talked about were built by the Obama administration when they were trying to get a handle on crushes of illegals uh, coming across the border. And they can't, and this is the part that bothers me, and this is the kind of thing when I talk about You know, meat being left on the bone, I said to my wife as we were watching, why does no one quote the law when it comes to that ridiculous issue? The law says that children cannot be detained 
in criminal uh, detention facilities with adults. They have to be separated. Children being kept with adults in cages or, and again, they use that word cages because it's like a pejorative. It's, but, you know, these are detention centers or whatever you want to call them that have to be separated. They aren't going to build plaster, you know, walls. They're not going to put up drywalls to separate, you know, all these rooms. They're going to use chain link fences. Now they call them cages. But they have to separate them because they're not allowed. Children would be in extraordinary danger if they were being kept, especially without their parents, because many of them arrived without their parents, if they're being kept in um, uh, the same facilities as adults. Nobody talks about that. But that's her question about immigration is about 500 kids. Then when it came time to finally talk about the economy, this is in President Trump's wheelhouse. Here comes Kristen Walker. We're going to talk about the economy now. And does she talk about the record low unemployment levels prior to COVID that President Trump's economy was responsible for? Does she talk about the $2,400 average in tax savings that the average American family received over the course of the president's uh, uh, three and a half years of tax cuts? Does she talk about business expansion and growth because of the deregulation the president was responsible for? She didn't talk about any of that. Let's talk about the economy. And then she says, Amy Coney Barrett is going to be on the Supreme Court, and she could overturn Obamacare. What are you going to do about 20 million Americans that would lose their health coverage if Obamacare is repealed, President Trump? Two minutes uninterrupted, go. Wait a minute. That's not a question on the economy. That's a sandbag into talking about health care and, and completely ignoring the actual real economic issues. Secondly, the Amy Coney Barrett, why she would slip that in at that particular point in time and not give the president an actual opportunity to talk about the qualifications of the woman who's going to be voted into the Supreme Court, uh, onto the Supreme Court on Monday. That deserved its own question. But no, uh, that wasn't going to happen. And she uses that as the attack on the president's plan to uh, get, do away with Obamacare. That was not a question on the economy. That was a sandbag. And then, of course, she goes into race with the talk. Give me a freaking break. That's when I turned it off. The idea that America is a systemically racist nation and, and black families have to have the talk with their children because of the dangers that, uh, you know, that it poses just being black in America or brown in America, et cetera, et cetera. Never mind the talk. Never mind the talk that, that white families have to have with their kids that tell them don't go into certain parts of town after a certain hour of darkness or you could be in serious danger. No, that talk doesn't count. So the the bottom, and then of course she did interrupt the president all night long. Joe Biden, very very little. So all of this praise for Kristen Welker and the job that she did to me was absolutely ridiculous. She set the questions up in order to give Joe Biden an advantage every step of the way, and President Trump still won the debate. My takeaway. President Trump, solid job, a win. If he got a little bit more assistance from the moderator in terms of the questions and the way they were presented, he could have hammered Joe Biden and run away with this thing. But he didn't get that. And he had to overcome a lot. I thought he did a solid job. Still left a lot of meat on the bones. Still left a lot of stuff unsaid, a lot of responses to Joe Biden that would have been called for that he did not give. But he gave enough of them to actually, I think, convince people who thought that he couldn't be presidential to convince them that he he indeed can be, and last night was. 
All right, I want to get a few of your thoughts. 216-901-0945. Dial right now, because Kirstenau's coming up at 935, and you know there's no stopping Peter Kirstenau when he gets on the air, and he'll be with us at 935 on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, it's 926. By the way, I just have to do this because, well, it has to be done. Um, you know the part of the debate last night that I was referencing a moment ago about uh, the 500 children who can't find their parents after the, they were separated from the adults that they were with um, when they tried to come into the United States illegally? And President Trump talked about how many of them were brought by coyotes. There's a, there's a thing called Darshan Kendrick. She calls herself a corporate attorney in her Twitter feed. Uh, she's got a big Biden-Harris background on her as her Twitter cover photo. She says she's a corporate attorney and an investment advisor. She also happens to be a Georgia state representative. She's a demon rat, state elected representative in Georgia. And she thinks that President Trump was talking about actual coyotes. She thinks that a coyote is an animal. You know, the four-legged wolf-looking animal that oftentimes runs uh, in the, uh, in the uh, great south- southwest. A coyote. This woman tweeted last night after President Trump said that. I wish I was making this up because nobody should have to go through life this blindingly stupid. But I'm not making it up. She tweeted, and I quote, Did at real Donald Trump just say 545 kids can't find their parents for came over through cartels and coyotes? How the hell does a coyote bring a whole human being across the border? Lord, stop talking. Hashtag final debate. She thought there were literal coyotes picking up human beings in their teeth and carrying them across the border. Literal coyotes. This is an elected Democrat. Her name is Darshan D-A-R apostrophe Shun, S-U-S-H-U-N. Look it up. Darshun Kendrick thinks that President Trump was blaming Wile E. Coyote for carrying children across the border. I, 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 I can't. I, I don't. I can't. I had to do that because you need to know that these people are out there and they're being elected by Democrats. People this stupid... Honestly, uh, it's, they must carry around a, a, a little note card or something to remind themselves to breathe in, out. On one side, it says in, and then she flips it over. The other side is out. Because it's the only way people like this can, can not just die. You have to be a special kind of stupid. And there you have a special kind of stupid. Uh, BJ. In uh, North Olmstead, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Sorry about that, BJ. I had to get that in. Go ahead. Good morning, Bob. 
Monday I'll I'll be celebrating my 90th year, and I have to say there has been no year like this in my lifetime, and I've experienced a lot of strange things in my lifetime. <laughs> in regards you to this party, the Democrats, as you call them, or whatever you want to call them, one of the things that they don't deal with, and they have no use for, and that is the truth. When the truth is eliminated from conversation, you can say anything, believe anything, and do anything. When I see the people with the Biden signs on their lawn and still there, these people are not embarrassed by the lies. This group of people are pro-death at so many levels, and they are pro-negative joy of living. They are angry, and if you want to know what they're angry about, I can't tell you. I understand these kids are all over the Internet complaining about life in this country. So the truth no longer has value in politics. You have to take that out of the equation when you're talking about the Socialist Party. If you think you've been ripped up, wait until next week when they're trying to take a Supreme Court justice that believes in God and believes in life and the way they want to rip a decent woman and a mother who's adopted two black children and call her a racist. So there's no value in the truth with these people. If there's no value in the truth, you can't get excited about what they say anymore. You have to you have to focus on your belief and, and your love of country. And you take care of yourself, Bob. You're doing a great job. And I have to tell you, young man, I'm very BJ, proud of what you happy, do. And thank you for the time. Ha- happy early happy early, early birthday to you, young man. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for your phone call. Great points all the way around, and that is great advice. It's 931, Kirsten on next, in 1420 The Started out. correctness goes to die this is the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer all right 937 we continue on am 1420 the answer thanks so much for being with us as i noted at the top of the show if you are a regular friday listener but not a regular tuesday listener you're in for a treat because if you don't get to hear peter kersenow on tuesdays well this is uh, maybe this will make you a tuesday listener once you get an opportunity to listen to this uh, civil rights commissioner, United States civil rights commissioner, best-selling author, columnist for the National Review, Cleveland attorney, and host of the Peter Kersenow Show, or the Kersenow Report, rather, on AM 1420, The Answer. Hey, Peter, how are you, sir? Doing well, Bob. Welcome back. Thank you. Good to be back. Absolutely. A little bit. Uh, I'm not 100 yet, uh, so I'm not able to be at the volume and maybe the intensity that I like, uh, but, uh, but it is definitely good to be back. Peter... <laughs> Before we get into the debate and what your thoughts are on the president's performance, the Biden performance, the Welker performance, I I just I'm still mind blown by this this morning when I woke up to find this. President Trump was asked about the 500 or so children who can't find their parents because of uh, being separated at the border or, as President Trump correctly pointed out, many of these kids didn't come here with their parents. That's why they can't find them, because they were brought here by coyotes. There is an elected state representative in Georgia, Peter. I don't know if you've ever heard of the woman called Dershun Kendrick, 
She's an elected state representative in Georgia. She thought the president was talking about actual coyotes. She went she went on Twitter. She went on Twitter last night and wrote the following Peter Kersenow, I swear to you. Did at real Donald Trump just say 545 kids they can't find their parents for came over through cartels and coyotes? How the hell does a coyote bring a whole human being across the border? Lord, stop talking. She she tweeted this. And when people responded to her, did you really just write that? She said, yes, what? She literally thought we're talking. She got elected. She's a Georgia Democrat with a big Biden-Harris backdrop on her account. She literally is an elected official and thought the president was blaming actual animals, the coyotes, picking up human beings in their teeth and carrying them across the border. Peter, I, I just I, I I get to a place like this and I just want to check out, man. I'm, I'm just yeah. done. I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> well, you know, the Democratic Party for a long time has been dependent on this level of ignorance in order to get elected. Because if you approach the issues of the day rationally, there's very little chance that the Democratic platform or any discrete part of the Democratic platform would have any resonance whatsoever with the majority of the electorate. But this is what you have. And this is why one of the reasons why Biden, for example, last night could lie with impunity, because twofold. Number one is that he knows that the media will cover for him. And it's never been on greater display than in this latest saga related to his payments from China and the Hunter Biden laptop. Number two is they've purposely kept the people who are they consider to be their core constituents ignorant of the facts. So Biden was able to go around saying that, for example, 99% of the people pursuant to catch and release um, actually come back after they're released. I'm here to tell you right now, we've had two major investigations at the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights related to this over the last few years, and it's closer to 99% do not come back. That is a fact. Take that to the bank. Biden was lying. If he's not lying, he's one of the most ignorant politicians in the history of the world, and I understand it's going to both be Both of those things can be true, Pete. It's true. Both it's of those, I think both of those can be true. Going to take. Right, exactly. It's, it's, just, it's, it's ridiculous. But this guy's been in office for 47 years. By the way, I do believe that Donald Trump, perhaps his most effective line among many, was where he said, Joe, I'm looking at you, and you're the reason why I ran for office. You're all talk, no action. You're a politician for 47 years. You've done nothing. And I thought that was extremely effective because you kept hearing these talking points from Joe Biden that sounded like Washington. They sounded like, for those of us who've been watching or listening to Washington speak or politicians speak for you know, most of our lives, for decades, Joe Biden was articulating all the memes of the political class. And here comes Donald Trump. And I think we've discussed this in the past among the myriad reasons why I think the media and Democrats, but I repeat myself, hate Donald Trump is because he's shown what a fraud they've been. A fraud in terms of this projection of competence. They had been in charge for so long, whether, on the, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, and they always pursued a course that was ineffectual. Um, they kept doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. You know, the, the definition of insanity. Here comes Trump never once 
before held elective office at any level, not even dog catcher, comes in at the highest level and blows them all away with his effectiveness. He gets things done. It's, it's an extraordinary thing to watch, and I think they hate him desperately for that because he's ripped the cover off of their incompetence, their fraudulence, their superficiality, and all of that applies to Biden. Peter Kirsten now joining us with some debate analysis. Pete, um, before we get into some of the nuts and bolts, and I do want to talk about Joe Biden's promise to transition away from oil. Uh, that is monumental. And President Trump yeah. made it so. He, he made a great point of, or uh, uh, went to great effort to point out how incredibly huge that statement is to transition away from oil and what that will mean in some extraordinarily important swing states that rely upon oil as, uh, you know, for their, for their economic lifeblood. But before I do that, um, Kristen Welker is getting what I believe to be some extraordinarily undue praise for her handling of the debate. People are saying she was fair. People are saying that uh, even, even uh, conservatives are saying Kristen Welker did a good job. Kristen Welker, I thought, did a horrible job because it's not just about how much you argue with the opponent or with the um, uh, debate candidates. Um, but it's about the way the entire thing was strategized and set up. Quite, even Chris Wallace, who you would think would have a little bit of empathy for his fellow debate moderator, said last night that um, her questions were of, of great interest because she kept asking questions that allowed Joe Biden to be on the offensive. He was defending Trump. Uh, Chris Wallace was, and had const- President Trump constantly on the defensive. And I completely concur. For example, the, the, the question we were just discussing about uh, the 500 kids, you know, she said, we're going to talk about immigration now. And I said, great. Are we going to talk about the cost? Are we going to talk about the number of jobs that illegal immigrants take away from uh, African-Americans? Are we going to talk about the crime? And she said, no, we're going to talk about 500 kids that were separated and can't find their parents, all because of your terrible, cruel, uh, inhumane separation policy at the border, President Trump. How do you defend that? I mean, the way she set the entire thing up, uh, Peter, it still turned into a two-on-one. I don't care how kindly she may have been during the debate. The questions were ridiculous. Well, they were, and I would simply say this. I noted that throughout, and I I agree with you entirely. Kristen Welker was better than Chris Wallace. (laughs) And that's the best you can say, but marginally better, if if at all. And a lot of it had to do with demeanor. And I also do think that, by the way, I had objected when the uh, Presidential Debate Commission had instituted the mute button, but I think it actually did make the debate, I actually think it helped Trump, frankly. They were hoping it would hurt Trump. I think it helped Trump. But I think a lot of um, viewers out there, or, 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 you know, I, I think many people suffer from kind of a Stockholm syndrome. That is, when it comes to moderators. That is, you know, we're so used to being, as Republicans, beaten up by moderators and the, the uh, level of unfairness so profound that when they are not horrible, not beating us up with a sledgehammer, we think, oh, this is great, this, this moderator is great. But all, or nearly all of the questions, she actually posed one or two questions that seemed to be actually balanced toward Biden. But almost all the questions started with a Democratic talking point premise, and it was infuriating, as you've just articulated. Exactly. But almost everyone on every issue came out of not just a Democratic playbook, but if, if you look at the Democratic platform, 
it adopted the presumptions. The questions adopt the presumptions of the Democratic platform. It was ridiculous, and just because it's coming from um, somebody other than Chris Walsh doesn't make it any, any better. In addition to that, what infuriated me most about it was, you know, you expect the questions. Unfortunately, we've come to the point where we expect the questions to be biased. You've got a mute button. Um, you, the candidates were, to a large extent, staying within the time frames, but she kept interrupting Trump constantly. I don't recall, maybe there was one or two occasions in which she interrupted or stopped Biden, but almost every time Trump tried to respond to Biden, she would talk over him. And I think it actually, and I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, I think she came to that tactic on her own. I think she um, wanted to step over Trump's responses, because many of those responses, if you listen closely, and I think the, the, the one um, problem for Kristen Welker is, when she tries to do that, or any moderator tries to speak over the principal, that is the principal speaker, it makes the listener attuned, even more attuned to what that person is saying. So I started listening very closely to what Trump was saying, and he was making some tremendous points when she was interrupting him. So, yeah, I agree. The moderator, I, I think Republicans, unfortunately, have come to expect that from moderators. Next time around, Republicans should either say, we're not going to participate, or you've got to have somebody that is unbiased. And I don't know how you come to well, that, the, because, my goodness, almost everybody in the media is biased. Well, that's why they can't allow the media. I think the entire debate commission needs to be abolished, uh, and, and I think they need to get away from the media. It cannot be somebody new. You know, you can have former elected officials, you can have two moderators, a Republican and a Democrat, a former elected official, but the media's job... <clears throat> which is supposed to be uh, fair and impartial, the, the fourth estate, et cetera, et cetera, simply uh, it has changed. And uh, you cannot allow them and expect them uh, to sit there and, and, and actually conduct this thing right down the middle. Pete, let, let me get into the specifics now before the break of the, uh, the uh, oil comments. I thought that uh, this this is one of the hugest revelations to right. come from the debate was Joe Biden's acknowledgement that he would indeed transition from the oil industry. His words um, and coal, by the way, he said coal and, and coal. And, and, and President Trump called him out. President Trump correctly. In fact, let's just listen to this quickly, Pete, and, and then we'll get into some of the reaction. Would he close it down falls, the oil industry? Would you close it down the falls. oil industry? By the way, industry? I would transition from the oil industry, yes. Oh, I would transition. That is a big statement. That's a because big statement. I would stop. Why would you do that? Because the oil industry pollutes significantly. Oh, I see. Here's the deal. But That's you can't a big statement. Well, if you let me finish the statement, because it has to be replaced by renewable energy over time. Over time. And I'd stop giving to the oil industry, I'd stop giving them federal subsidies. Peter, um, Joe Biden, like so many other ignorant Democrats, seems to think that oil is used only for energy and that it can be replaced by renewable energies. Um, he seems to think that it, 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 it operates in, in you know, gasoline and, and that's just about it. Does, do these people... First of all, what President Trump did afterwards by saying, are you listening, Texas? Are you listening, Pennsylvania? Are you listening, right. Kentucky, Ohio, et cetera, et cetera? Um, but do, do these people honestly think that that's the only thing oil is used for? Do they honestly yeah. not recognize that oil is and petroleum-based products are in virtually every single thing that we see and touch every day? 
and everything from the the components of the smartphones that everybody is carrying around to their ballpoint pen to the tires they're riding on to the roads that they're driving on to uh, i mean like the picture they just poured their orange juice out of this morning Literally, oil is used in everything, and he says we can replace it. Show me a, a, a windmill that's going to be able to create these these products, uh, Peter. I, I just I'm I'm blown away again by the stupidity of the average American Democrat. Uh, it's part of its stupidity. Part of it is strategic, um, but I believe that was one of his two, meaning Biden, two biggest blunders. I do think Trump seizing on it, and by seizing it, I mean he did a very good job of merely saying, are you listening, as he said, Ohio, Texas, Kentucky, Pennsylvania. That was a thunderclap in those states. Make no mistake about that. And yes, Biden is completely ignorant about these things because he has spent 47 years in in politics. He's never had a job. He's never had to make anything. He's never had to earn a paycheck that didn't come from the state. By that, I mean the people of the United States of America. So, yes. And Biden is peculiar in terms of politicians. I mean, he's been in office for 47 years, never really held another job. Um, He is, uh, I've said this before, and I, I don't mean to be unnecessarily pejorative, but it is true when people say that Joe Biden was the dumbest man in the Senate. And he's only gotten worse. So he's completely ignorant. He's had no reason to educate himself about these kinds of things. But along with his position on immigration, I think those two were two huge uh, problems for him. And I think people have heard that. I do. I think when when you say you're going to transition out, and by the way, um, when he says renewables, believe me, He was never going to get West Virginia anyway, but folks in Kentucky, Southern Ohio, Pennsylvania, they hear that it translates to coal. Okay, renewables means that it's going to abandon all fossil fuels. That's That's the way they look at it. And what Trump did brilliantly was play to the fears and anxieties of those folks, particularly during the context of the coronavirus pandemic and the, the lockdowns, of losing jobs and decreased economic activity. People want some assurance right. that Pete, their government is going to make sure that they have jobs. Pete, i got to get a quick time out in here. We'll come right back on AM 1420 The Answer. Number two, I don't make money from China. You do. I don't make money from Ukraine. You do. I don't make money from Russia. You made three and a half million dollars, Joe, and your son gave you. They even have a statement that we have to give 10% to the big man. You're the big man, I think. I don't know. Maybe you're not. But you're the big man, I think. Your son said we have to give 10% to the big man. Joe, what's that all about? Joe, what's that all about? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> President Trump knew he couldn't count on Kristen Welker to actually do any exploratory, uh, exploratory journalism here, so he had to bring it up himself. Um, Pete, yesterday we got a lot of new information in a press conference prior to uh, the actual debate. 
that was conducted by one of Joe Biden's former, um, excuse me, Hunter Biden's former business associates who brought a treasure trove of corroborating evidence to the New York Post bombshell that we've been watching lay out over the last week and a half about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's taking of extraordinary amounts of money from communist China, as well as Ukraine, Kazakhstan, and other places. Um, if you ask me, this ought to be disqualifying, but of course it's Joe Biden and the media will not do anything to, uh, you know, to give this thing veracity. Your thoughts? Yeah, we live in extraordinary times because back-to-back we've seen the two greatest political scandals in American history, and this latest one is a corruption scandal. Remember the old line that I've always repeated, and Tucker Carlson stole from me, and that is, if you want to know what the left is up to, listen to what they're accusing you of, okay? Because almost everything is the mirror image of the Russia hoax and the whole issue with respect to Ukraine uh, the, the phone call to Ukraine, what they were doing, I think, if you take a good look at this, if this story ever comes out in, its, in, in a fulsome way, it appears as if one of the reasons why Democrats have been so apoplectic about a Trump presidency is because the swamp was being threatened. Trump might uncover what they were really up to. Believe me when I say I don't believe under any circumstances that Biden is alone in this I think there are others. In fact, Kamala Harris has been implicated also in, in some of these uh, discussions. So Biden is getting all of this money from all of our adversaries, and Trump was extremely correct. I don't think that um, – extremely correct. I'm sorry about that. He was correct. Um, I don't think that he made the point as well as he could have because he was limited by time. But the point he was making was if you look at the Obama administration's actions toward Russia – and China, they were soft-peddling all of our policies. They, they wouldn't stand firm. And now, in contrast, what we see is Trump standing firm. He's done none of the things they accused him of. But Biden, he's out there getting millions of dollars. And I think we're only at the tip of the iceberg. Even with Bobulinski coming out yesterday and confirming much of this, I think there's a lot more out there. And I think that is propelling the Democrats and the media, but I repeat myself, to in a hysterical way, try to either suppress this, change the subject, malign Trump, or um, get this thing over with before, or hope to get the election over with before any more information comes out and they can suppress it because they'll control all the organs of government. Very well said, Peter Kersenow. It's 10 o'clock. We're going to get news now. On the flip side, we have more debate analysis from Peter Kersenow. But also, Pete's got some information, some metrics that might be of great interest to you if you are uh, supportive of President Trump winning re-election. You'll have that coming up next on AM 1420, The Answer.